I tell them welcome to the gray area and stay away just in case you ain't real enough to relate. Every other Thursday, politics to the chips. Get up on this wave. <laughs> now tell me what's to talk about. Cause we the only thing to talk about. How you keep reality in check? Just keep it real rapping. Don't gossip with the facts. Yeah. This is the gray area. And I am your host, Ray Jarvis. Showtime! Woo! For this chapter, I have a special guest. My brother from another mother. Kareem Thomas, welcome to the Gray Area. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate the love. I appreciate the introduction. Man. I know it's yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, the first two chapters of the Gray Area, I wanted to get off my chest a few things that I felt, you know, I had, I had major gripes with certain issues in regards to the ESPN sports fan, in regards to NBA Legacy Wars or where the league is right now. But now I wanted to open up the forum. I wanted to talk about issues that I see are still hot-button topics, and it requires multiple voices. There's people out here who believe that I like to talk by myself, but I actually prefer to have company. You know, Kareem, believe it or not, when it comes to the Golden State Warriors and the, the past three years of their success, he was the very first person that pointed it out to me. Around 2014, September or October, he said, yo, look out for the Warriors. I scoffed at him. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, bro. I'm not checking for the Warriors, Spurs, A, B, C, and D. My man said, look out for the Warriors. So, Kareem, what did you see in the Warriors that led you to believe that they will be your dark horse favorite to be the champions and then becoming the NBA champions that season? Well, from the inception of the Warriors, you know, you could see the team start to build up and become more, you know, confident, more team play, more centric towards that team play and, right. and, and playing together. Um, <clears throat> when they got Steph, you know, they got a, a little piece of the equation. Okay. Him and Monte weren't gelling too well, and I knew that when I was watching them. So you liked the move, them before even getting to Steve Kerr, you liked the move to trade on Monte Ellis? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. It was The chemistry wasn't there. Monte was visibly, visibly not really wanting to be in that, you know, equation at that point. True. So he, he saw the writing on the wall, basically. Oh, for a fact. Okay. He saw, he saw him losing that. He was, you know, he was on his rise to that stardom. But then um, with that, with that bringing in the clay... And that bringing into that core group of guys, right? And them playing a certain brand of basketball where you can see was offensive centric, which means they could score, right? But their defense was a little bit lacking still. Okay. And I feel like when Draymond came in to complete that equation, I saw a whole new era. So, so Draymond was the final piece to making them Voltron. All right. So before the you know the championships mm -hmm. there was one major move even with everything you just said that is absolutely correct mm -hmm. the final piece of the puzzle came at the top steve kerr coming in and replacing mark jackson mark jackson being fired to this day is still a polarizing decision by basketball fans all over a lot of people believe that he caught a raw deal. A lot of people believe that Steve Curry was the man for the job to take him to the promised land. Mm -hmm. Some people can only take you to the door, but some people need to take you through the door. Steve, Mark Jackson got him to the door. Steve Curry took him through the door. Where do you fall in line with the whole idea of Mark Jackson being fired? Raw deal, good move. Your honest opinion, not basketball. What do you feel about that? I feel like Mark Jackson being fired was a necessary move for the organization. Wow, okay. Um, and the only reason I feel that way is because, well, as as people know who, who are privy to the information and mm -hmm. 
tend to follow basketball. Mark Jackson, on the business side with the organization, really wasn't getting along. Even though Mark Jackson was able to pull pieces, okay. and he saw pieces in players, if you can't work together with the organization to move forward, moving forward is going to be a real hard thing. So I think them letting them go to get everybody on the same page was necessary. Horrible in the span of the look, right. in the span of, of the aesthetic, but at the end of the day, we see the results. We'll touch on that some more in a second, but let, let's keep it simple. We, we, we that, that discussion right there and how he got fired, as you know, before we had the pre-show discussion. You know where we're going with that. Yeah. But let's talk basketball. I feel as though I, I get frustrated because I feel, you know, I'll simplify the discussion. I look at it as they had 51 wins, followed it up with, I believe, was like 47, 47 or 48. Mm-hmm. And then from there, they jumped to 67, 73, and 67. And they're playing probably the best brand of basketball in the league. So why is there even a conversation about Mark Jackson? What do you see on a basketball court that separates the Golden State Warriors from the rest of the pack? Well, that's that's, that's kind of like a two-part question. Talk about the it. The first one, what I see in Mark Jackson is I see a, a visionary who was able to see players for the talents and put them together. Okay. Definitely got to give him all the credit Facts. when it comes to that. Um, in the Golden State Warriors transcending in that offensive scheme, mm-hmm. constant movement, constant shooting, how can you stop it? It's just every... You have four out of five guys at any time on court who Sometimes can spray. five. Sometimes five out of five who could just flat out spray. You can't leave anybody. You can't double anybody. The pick and roll game is ridiculous. Right. It's just, it's it's a one-two punch every time you're playing. It's True too indeed. much offense on each side. And then they have the defensive side now, which is underrated. Steph is a very good um, thief, as I, the <laughs> word I want to use. Thief. Clay is a very good not only perimeter defender, but he could defend you from the perimeter to the rim. Um, I think one to three, he can defend those positions really well. And they just have a bunch of pieces. Draymond, high energy guy. Right. Then we could talk about even... Are we talking about the current state of the Warriors? Yes. Now? We could even talk about their rookies and Ian Clark, um, McCall. Yeah, the front office is doing a good job. You know the saying? scout team yeah. is doing a good job. So, got- now, so now I'm going to go in a different direction. You know, you're being very nice talking about Steve Kerr. <laughs> Let's talk about Mark Jackson. You know, the biggest problem that I have with people when they when they complain about Mark Jackson and this firing is the fact that they have sudden amnesia. Mm-hmm. People forget that prior to his firing, there was a lot of talk about the stagnation of the Warriors' offense. Mm-hmm. Facts. I don't understand how people forget that. The, the whole playoff run, which led to them getting beat in the first round, there was a lot of complaints about their stagnant offense. There was a number out there that said that the Warriors... In, in the 2013-2014 season, 21% of the offensive possessions were isolations. Mm-hmm. Why the hell are you running the ISO offense with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson in your backcourt? And then you have, uh, what's his name again? Harrison Barnes mm-hmm. coming off the bench as a six-man role. <laughs> Isolation basketball from Harrison Barnes. What are you doing? Everybody, oh, Mark Jackson, he got a raw deal, but what are you doing? Yeah, man. I don't quite understand that. You running the worst kind of offense, you're running an archaic style in a modern pace and space NBA with, with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. You're not even getting them in enough catch-and-shoot situations. Like, you, you're coaching a team like it's 1995 as opposed to 2015. Mm-hmm. I can't get with that, Kareem. Tell, tell me if I'm wrong here. I don't know. Listen, man, those two different coaching styles... <laughs> well, I'm going to put it like this. Mark Jackson's style was more 
of an organized style of play. He had a way he wanted those guys to play. Right. And because of that way he wanted them to play, just like in the college system, it was restrictive. Okay. Um, Steve Kerr's style was, I know you can shoot. I know you can shoot. Let's go out there and make these buckets. Okay. And because he gave the freedom of, of, Steph, of Steph to take the reins, because he empowered Klay Thompson to take those shots and give him the green light, because he empowered those players to go forward and move forward, it, it just made it a more fluid offensive scheme in the in the thick of everything that was going on. So I feel like Steve Kerr's openness and allowing his players to play the game the way that they felt comfortable is what led to not only them winning a championship, but also them to transform defensively into a team that could even compete for a championship. Okay. Another thing that I feel like Steve Kerr gets a raw deal for while everybody's slurping Mark Jackson is the fact that he made personnel, don't laugh, he made personnel decisions that Mark Jackson and his old school way of thinking would never do. You know, Harrison Barnes getting into the starting lineup, David Lee on the bench, expanding Draymond's role. Draymond would have just been a guy before Steve Kerr, bro. So I feel as though what he did with his modern take on basketball is getting minimized because people want to stand on ceremonies and 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 stand on a soapbox. Mark Jackson, Mark Jackson, Mark Jackson. I'm like, listen, what did they do with Mark Jackson? What are they doing with Steve Kerr? Three straight finals appearances, two championships, the most winningest franchise over any three-year span in NBA history. What are we talking about? Facts. That's what we're talking about. Facts. You understand me? You know what I mean? I, I, I'm just frustrated, bro, you know? Don't hold back, Kareem. Talk, yo, you want a I gray mean, area, bro. Listen, you, man. You, you don't, you, listen, don't come man. and bite your tongue here, listen, bro. Talk man. your talk. I'm not, I'm not biting my tongue, man. You, I'm, try, I'm trying measured. to get to the facts, though. <laughs> listen, let's talk correctness. about correctness. Let's keep it moving. But Political. <laughs> right, I'm about to kick you off the show. Don't ever say that word again on this show. Ain't no PC here, bro. <laughs> get out of here. Get out of here. But, but what I will say, what I will say is, um, Mark Jackson's I gotta respect Mark Jackson for the simple fact that as, as we as we said he put that team together okay but you know just because you're the architect doesn't mean that you're gonna make all the improvements as well got it you know what I'm saying so because he built that team doesn't mean that he necessarily was gonna put him in the best place to function but Steve Kerr he comes in he has guys believing in the system he has guys who want to play for him. He has guys who want to play together. And he had guys who, at the end of the day, wanted to believe that they could win a championship. Okay. One of the best things that I think about that last NBA Finals, one of the only good things that I think about that last NBA Finals that they played, was Draymond coming straight out and saying, we want to beat the Cavs. Right. The NBA is starting to miss that culture of competitiveness okay. in the league. Now, now we you know get it. All right, all right, Kareem. Let's go. Applaud that man. You keep talking over so, me. So, as we start to get back to a culture of people being able to, people giving a negative connotation, show off, air quotes if you can't see me, but that's showing off that swagger. That's what Steve Kerr brought to that team. Right. He brought that mindset, like, we could do this, and we are the best in the league. And okay. right now, they're showing it, man. Okay. See, I, I like now we're getting somewhere. So what you saying is Steve Kerr got rid of the shackles. He gave the players freedom to flourish and shine bright like a diamond word to Rihanna. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? 
And I just feel as though people are not being truthful about this. They they just want to cry. And I don't have to, you know me. You know, yeah. you've known me my whole life. I don't have time for crying, man. Deal with it. All right, Kareem. Let, let, let's shift a little gears. Let's shift a little gears here, man. I'm I'm gonna slander Mark Jackson a little bit. It's okay. coming. It's coming. I'm I'm building up to the slander. Uh I'm gonna ask you a question. Let's let's dig deep now. Let's dig deep. This is why I really brought you here. What role does race have in Mark Jackson's view in conjunction with Steve Kerr? Oh, man. Let's talk about it. Well, I want to start off at this point, all right? Mm-hmm. When you're talking about race in general, we're talking about more than just color. Right. We're talking about backgrounds, experiences, you know, just life in general. Mm-hmm. You know, um... I don't personally know Mark Jackson or Steve Kerr, but, you know, from backstories that we've gotten through endless sports analysis Mm -hmm. and documentaries, we can see Mark Jackson's upbringing is completely different from Steve Kerr's upbringing. Right. And um, I don't know. I I know I've heard a lot of arguments, so because he's black, if he wasn't black, he would have still been a coach. I don't really think race has anything to do with success, man. At the end of the day, if Steve Kerr is showing and proving... And Mark Jackson can't get out of the, you know, can't get out of a, a certain part of the playoffs to get to that final destination of okay. the finals. Who you gonna go with? It's a simple, simple answer. I'm gonna go with the man who get the job done. And well, that's what Steve Kerr was. Here's the deal. I believe that a lot of the issues that are, you know, tied to this divisive issue of who deserves credit, could Mark Jackson have done this, so on and so forth, has a lot to do. With the fact that people believe that if Mark Jackson was given the opportunity to coach this same Warriors team, that they would have reached the heights of success regardless of whatever was happening behind the scenes with the front office. Um, But then we talk about the issues with the front office. There was talk about articles written where he was throwing assistant coaches under the bus. He was um, turning guys against Festus Azili. You know what I'm saying? Apparently, there's a report out there that he got caught up with a prostitute and getting extorted, and he's supposed to be a man of God, and, he's, and these things are happening. So it's like, how can you? How can people really talk about race when he has these knocks against him? So, you know, Kareem, again, this is not about being PC. We're here to tell the truth. If these are the issues at hand, I'm asking you, how can people feel like he got a raw deal because of race? You know what? I just want to say... Mark Jackson from the hood, man. Right. And you got to expect, you know, what they say, you could take someone out the hood, but you can't take the hood out of them. This you got to expect certain things, unfortunately, that you don't want to expect. Right. And he just he just basically illuminated a lot of those things that he was doing before he even probably touched the league. And, of course, things that are going to elevate with the money and things that are not going to change all the way over time. Very but, true. you know, his character being in question is really the biggest thing here at hand because his character being in question is ultimately to me what let him get fired. True indeed. You know what I'm saying? True and, indeed. And um, putting that character on trial, now that's what translates to the team. Okay. And I feel like Steve Kerr's relationship with that front office and that trust is actually is gonna, is gonna propelling them forward. Mark Jackson, with all the points that you touched, right. hindered the movements. He would have never allowed uh, Draymond to play to the potential that he did. True. He... As you said, was talking against Festus Azilia might have hindered the man's career behind those words. True. So, 
at the end of the day, as I said, even though you're the architect, you know what I'm saying, it doesn't mean that you have to make the improvements as well. All right. Well, let's let's stay on course here. Do you think that race had anything to do with Mark Jackson being fired? I think the race in terms of his actions has something to do with him being fired. Okay. I wouldn't say just because he's black. All right, nah. so let me change the question. If Mark Jackson was was Mike Johnson, white guy with blonde hair, the, with everything that happened, assistant coaches, prostitutes, Fessus Azili, does he get fired? N- no, I don't think so. You don't think so? No. Nah. Now, here's, here's the part where, you know, I get to talk out of both sides of my mouth because it's my show. <laughs> I believe that there's, there's a problem here in terms of they were trying to character assassinate Mark Jackson. Mm-hmm. I feel as though the character assassination is where the race issue comes into play. Because I believe that they would have shown a white coach a little more respect going out of the door. You know, you might not get the leaks of the assistant coach beef. Mm-hmm. You might not get the Fessus Azili leaks. You might not get the whole a prostitute situation, allegedly. You know? And then the fact that they tried to use his religion against him is where I think a lot of people of color, including ourselves, raise an eyebrow. Because, like, why is a bunch of white guys in Silicon Valley questioning the religion of a black dude? Even if he, you know, committed things that go against the religious beliefs that he has, the fact remains that none of us are perfect. You know what I'm saying? But these dudes are holding that against him. So that's what that's what I believe. I believe that they were judging the blackness of Mark Jackson and treated him with less respect because he was black than he would have if he was Mike Johnson from Midwest somewhere. That's a fact. I could agree with that one. Okay. But that's I think what you're doing is actually, you know, touching exactly what I said with race in terms of actions. See, unfortunately, we about to get into history. Let's Let's like go. This is why we're here. <laughs> unfortunately, you know what I'm saying? When you're black and you get to a certain level of success, mm-hmm. you're, you have to basically put, set your standards higher. Facts. It's, it's unfortunate that we got to start behind when it comes to certain levels of whether it be entertainment or right. business or anything we do. But because we already know that the stigma is there, mm-hmm. why give someone a reason to piggyback off that stigma and mess your name up? If, put, put it this way. If this is a sport... And you're a successful black anything. Mm-hmm. And we keep a score. It's not zero, zero. Facts. It's like minus 10, minus 20 minus to zero. 35. Minus 35. <laughs> we got to catch up to zero uh-huh. before we can get ahead. Facts. You know what I'm saying? So when you look at a Mark Jackson situation, he probably looked around and was like, yo, I can't do nothing here. Maybe, and there's no, because thing is, they vilified the black guy, the black coach on the way out, we don't hear any reports about how Joe Lacob and company might have treated Mark Jackson. Mm-hmm. What's the reason why Mark Jackson was giving it up like that? We have no reports. Mark Jackson hasn't said a word since he went back to ABC, started commentating, and we haven't heard anything. Mm-hmm. So it makes, there's always two sides to every story. Mark Jackson was never known as a dude who got crazy, who got out of pocket before he became the coach of the Warriors. He changed the culture of the Warriors. Everything is butter. Why not say we believe that your basketball ideals doesn't fit with where we want to go? Because if you think about the moves they made and, and getting rid of certain guys and wanting to play positionless basketball, there was no way they were going to win with Mark Jackson. Why not put out that press release and leave it at that? We knew the players didn't like the move, right? So there has to be something else to the story. 
I mean, I, I'm speculating here. Talk to me. I mean, at the face of a, a, a lot of things, we don't like to just admit what's right there in front of us in black mm-hmm. and white, which is racism. Racism mm-hmm. exists. This is why this is called the gray area. You know what I'm saying? That <laughs> 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 dude. But, but racism exists, man, and we know that the the level. Of, of scrutiny that Mark Jackson would be exposed to as opposed to the level of scrutiny that let's say if Steve Kerr was in a situation he would have been exposed to it's gonna be different and it's gonna be different of course because of the color of his skin and what I was saying before the revisit is we can't give a reason for that so but we don't know the truth story that's going on with Mark Jackson which is really the problem as you said there's two sides to every coin but Mark Jackson ain't going to talk. We don't right. know if he signed like a silency agreement. We don't know what happened between them, so we're never going to know. But what we do know is when he was with the team, the level of success that they were reaching was not the level of success that they could have achieved, and that was shown when he left. I'll say this. Purely basketball. Mm-hmm. Mark Jackson had to go regardless of the circumstance. Mm-hmm. All that extra, extra, we didn't have to have. So now I'm going to mess with you a little bit because I got a screenshot here <laughs> of, of an SI article, the article that basically exposed everything on the way out for Mark Jackson. Mm-hmm. Here is the quote. It says here from a, an anonymous Warriors insider. He says, it's fine to be religious, but it's a different thing to bring it to your work. Come on, son. How are you trying to dictate how a person should express their religious beliefs? Doesn't that sound a little supremacy-ish, Mr. Thomas? It sounds more than supremacy-ish. It sounds like a downright dictatorship-type movement. But this is the whole thing with, with Mark Jackson going on with that. As I said, racism exists. So if somebody's looking for a reason, they're gonna find a reason. Mark Jackson's religion is not on trial. But yo, I'm not finished with you yet. I'm listening. Then they tried to finesse the quote. The, the insider says, I know Jason Collins. I know his family, and I'm certainly praying for them. They had an issue with that quote. With like, would, like, Why should he mention prayers when talking about the person who was the first NBA guy to come out of the closet? Now you got a problem with him saying prayers? Brother. <laughs> That's funny seeing that before every nationally televised American basketball game, we, we played a national anthem, and one of the bases of that anthem is, 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 is God in the span of America. So that's just a funny comment to me to hear. But um, it's, it's there's always going to be somebody looking for something, man. I can't oh. even pay attention to those articles anymore. Because you should. But the thing you about it is be. you never know where the facts are coming from in those, but You know, but it, it, but it, the facts are always there. The articles provide the tea leaves. Now, to what I said to you just now about there's two sides to every story. The fact that there was obviously static between Joe Lacob's side and Mark Jackson's side. In this same SI article, Mr. Thomas, he says you can't, Joe Lacob that is, mm-hmm. can't have all 200 people in the office dislike you. But he didn't realize that was being recorded and that made the article. So now you're saying that all 200 people in the Warriors organization didn't like Mark Jackson? That sounds awfully personal, right? Mm-hmm. Sounds like there was beef on both sides. Sounds like rich white guy had a problem with very black guy. Well, you know mm-hmm. what they say, the most personal thing in this world is business. Mm-hmm. So um, we don't know what's going on between between Joe and Mark Jackson, man. It, it could have been a lot of different problems. Yeah. But um, the we've seen a trend in the NBA of of white and black, I don't want to say rage. I want to say just um, 
the word I'm looking for is like a, a conflict. Simply put, a conflict. Static. We'll call it static. A little static. bit of static. Just most recently, we saw it with um, LeBron James and Phil Jackson. Oh, yeah. You feel me? So the comments... Old, no, old money versus new money. You already know. Yes. So, so those comments although might not even be meant sometimes to be taken in that context, might supersede that context because of the race that we have in front of us. My whole thing with Mark Jackson is, as I said, the only problem I have with that organization letting Mark Jackson go is the way they let him go. Because it was there was no respect given to a man who basically built a team that led to that organization gaining a championship. The problem on the back end is we really don't 100% know why Mark Jackson left. We only know what the organization put out to us. Very true. And we don't know what personal problems, as you said, he had within the organization. Very true. So we have to start to try to now think about just basketball, which is what I think this league needs to really get back to now, is just thinking about basketball and doing things in the span of basketball and, you know, F with the asterisks, all these politics. Applause this morning. I couldn't say it any better. I said for my first guest of the gray area, this would be an introspective discussion, and I needed the most introspective person I know. When I get ignorant, this guy usually gets me back off the ledge. That's a very strong thing for a person to do who knows me on a very personal level. Shout out to Kareem. Applaud you once again, man. Yo, look. So the secondary question on this particular topic of race was I wanted to know if the role of race was overstated or understated in how we view this situation. Given what we just discussed, is there any way to prove whether it's overstated or understated, or is it just somewhere in the middle? Is, is it a push for you? See, the thing about race Or is, is it like a depending on the point of view? It, got, it has to be, because it's shapeless. You know what okay. I'm saying? You can't see it as a physical thing. You can only see it in the actions of the people that, you know, you're interacting with. Right. So we can't really speak on the overstating of race me personally, I think the race is way too overstated in this discussion. I think the race is way too overstated in this discussion because Mark Jackson wasn't getting the results. I don't know why we're not focused on that area and right. a lot of people are focused on the race. But if you had a job and you're not doing what you have to do and there's a black guy and a white guy and you're both working at the job mm -hmm. and that white guy's doing what he has to do and you're not they're gonna let you go I I've can tell you why they, 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 they hold it on to the race be my guess because they believe I don't even think they believe A he got pushed out of the door mm -hmm. I believe he got disrespected once he was out the door mm -hmm. I don't think the disrespect really came to the forefront anything that happens privately in business I don't care about it's gonna happen mm -hmm. but once they started publicly embarrassing Mark Jackson with those reports and then you hire the white guy behind it to, to, to some believe took the, the success that he should have had. That cause that's a deep-seated issue. Black guys do put it on their back for the white guys to reap what we, we sold. This is true. You get what I'm saying? This is true. And I think that's what it is. I think it's deeper than basketball with this situation. It's deeper than specifically Kerr and Jackson. I think the optics look like, here we go again. Mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely agree with you from that standpoint. Just all those examples we have over time of people of white, black, white taking credit for a black, whatever a black person does. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, the rotations, the schemes, the basketball played. It's Kerr. It's Kerr. Yes. The team, you know what I'm saying? The team, the way it was put together, the way it was built, the way they went through drafts, the way that they picked players 
for, for talent reasons and for the reasons of compatibility, Mark Jackson. Hands down. Hands down. All right. We in a home stretch right now, Kareem. This has been a pretty successful episode, I might say. For your first time, it got a little rocky, but once you got in your pocket like I knew you would, we would be right here. There, there is, there's all transparency on the gray area, people. The last topic, I wanted to know. Steve Kerr hasn't gotten his quote-unquote hood pass because of the Jackson firing. First question, do you believe that that's fair to Kerr? Um, I want to be, I want to... I want to beat devil's advocate a little bit on that Let's question. Let's do it. Let's do it. So we talking about a hood pass with Steve Kerr. Mm-hmm. We talking about a man that played with the greatest to ever do it, MJ. A man that got punched in the face by the greatest to ever do it, MJ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a man that got back on court with the greatest to ever do it, MJ. And went on to win the championship with that, with the greatest to ever do it, MJ. You want me to be honest with you? Mm-hmm. I think from that era alone, Steve Kerr grabbed the hood pass. His track record, his resume, amazing. Analyst, um, reporter, coach, NBA championship player, two-time NBA championship coach. How could you not get that man a hook pass? What, what he did with this team, what he's mm-hmm. done with his career. I think not giving him a hook pass based on Mark Jackson would be totally unfair. In my eyes, he already caught the hook pass because of what he's done. Let's not stand on ceremony here. I disagree. And I believe that you playing devil's advocate, you tried to shoulder roll word to floor your way out of this question. Maybe he didn't, maybe he has his hood pass. I'll join you in playing devil's advocate, actually. I'll pivot and go your way. Mm-hmm. I'll say because of who he's associated with, Joe Lacob, Warriors Inc., he's lost his hood pass. I think that because he is the face that replaced the old face. And much like in the streets, if you have a problem with somebody, you know, and now I have a problem with that same somebody, Mm -hmm. the enemy of my enemy becomes their enemy. You get what I'm saying? So now to to the hood, Steve Kerr might have been good from the 90s on the Spurs, on the Bulls, so on and so forth. But now because the hood loves Mark Jackson and they don't like Joe Lacob and Joe Lacob chose Steve Kerr, the enemy of my enemy, so on and so forth. Listen, at the end of the day, the way I'm looking at it is Steve Kerr is, you know, Warriors Championship head coach. You absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Any dude that I talk to, any one of my men's rock out with Mark Jackson because yes. he's Mark Jackson. The we are Pacers, in the minority with this conversation Bodmon. when it yeah. comes to basketball. Yeah. We are in the minority it's all the time. Mark Jackson is solidified by my We already know about yes. Mark Jackson. Unfortunately... You know what I'm saying? Steve Kerr is, is definitely going to incur some of those um, waves, those ripples from exactly. the firing of Mark Jackson. You're absolutely right in In that. our lifetime, we've had people who disliked us because of the people we were chilling with. True. So, And I think because of this, Kerr has lost points. But then again, you see the, the popularity of Golden State is also skyrocketing. True. So which hood pass are you really talking about? Because... not, not Suburbia <laughs> loves Golden State. The block... I don't know. I don't know. I've, heard. I've had a lot of arguments in terms of the block where I had to defend Golden State. I feel like it's rare that I get somebody who's a unison with me for Golden State, honestly. Yeah. Besides you and maybe one other person, it's tough out here for me, man. I mean, at the end of the day, 
I mean, you know, it's always going to be light skin versus dark skin situation. <laughs> it's always going to go there. <laughs> so, ain't nothing we could do about that. And, you know, I think in order for Steve Kerr, let me go back to your side now. Mm-hmm. Losing his hood pass, in order for him to, well, I feel like him gaining this is probably not going to happen if he has lost it because that time, Kevin Durant move. Post-retirement, win a few more chips, he'll get it back. I think that Kevin Durant move definitely stifled that move. Oh, so that just heals forever? Yeah. Okay. You know, but, you know, in my eyes, I think that actually adds to the flame of them moving forward. Okay. Let's be real. Golden State, Golden State plays like an underdog team. Mm-hmm. And they were the clear forerunner last year. Mm-hmm. And they played with so much more heart and passion than Cleveland did. They True. got back to the basketball. The year before... They didn't play like a super team with all the pieces. Not at all. They played like a team that wanted to chip. You know what I'm saying? Last that year before, right. they played like a team that wanted to chip too, but they had a hurt key player. Yes. And, and, then the, and, and the hood don't want to hear that either. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> they had a man who couldn't come off screen and rolls, yeah. couldn't pick up anybody, but that's a conversation for another day. True indeed. And You'll the, be back. We'll have that conversation oh, most too. definitely. And then the year before that, that first year that they played Cleveland, mm-hmm. I, mind you, I understand it was just LeBron. Right. But even their path to get there, even though it wasn't the hardest path, they didn't play like a team that was just destined to win a chip. They Nobody like believed they, they would it. ever win the chip. That's a fact. Even when Cleveland went up 2-1, people thought it was a wrap. Yeah. But we're going, we going off the rails here. We'll get back to that at a later date. You, you've been saying that the basketball, we got to give the credit to Steve Kerr. Mm-hmm. My next question is, is it time for Mark Jackson to be held more accountable for his feelings on, as a basketball coach? Not the personal stuff. Should he be held accountable for not coaching his team to the highest potential they could have reached? I mean... They weren't a horrible team with him as a coach. Right. You know, it's it's they not that they... Wins. They weren't 67 73 wins. 73 wins. They weren't. 67 again, two chips. Record, record-breaking wins, three-pointed record-breaking wins. You're right. But they weren't a bad team. Right. And you could tell that they really liked having him as a coach because he's, he's he, was, he was definitely relatable to the players. Okay. And they related to him because he was a former player. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that also works with Steve Kerr. Now, we're talking about Mark Jackson's coaching acumen. In the scheme of making the offense work, yes, I think we can find some very critical flaws. I think he put not only Steph in some situations where he couldn't be as free as he can in, in the system Steve Kerr is in, right. but I think he kind of binded the other players so centric around being defensive-minded that the offense kind of suffered a little bit. True. So when we're talking about coaching, absolutely, in that a- aspect, yeah, I think you can definitely start to, we should start to look at that a little more than this right. And, you know, I agree because I've been saying it for as long as you, you, the Warriors have been good to you personally every chance we talk ball. Mm -hmm. I believe that Mark Jackson needs to be held accountable by everyone for his feelings. People need to open their eyes or not necessarily open their eyes. They They need to just admit what they see. Go back and watch Golden State in 2012, 2013 and go look at Golden State 2014, 2015. You know, let's talk about it. They had their best year with Mark Jackson was the 51 win season, 12 13. Their best year with Mark Jack- uh, Steve Kerr was their first year, 67 wins. The, 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 the sensation of the league. Look at those two teams. They're two different teams. Mm-hmm. As fans, as real people, as people who want to be 100% honest with ourselves, look at those two teams with virtually the same pieces and look how they played the game. They cut the crap. And now we've talked to all these coaches and all of that. Why do you believe that? The Golden State front office hasn't been held to the fire for how they treated Muggs. It's almost like it's never happened. Because 
unfortunately, whenever you're talking about a structure that's, that's, that's decreasing or something, they usually tend to start from the bottom up. Okay. So I think that's the whole situation with that that Mark Jackson front office relationship. They just started from the bottom up like any other business. Um, they felt like he was an issue. He wasn't in the echelon of that office space that he needed to be. Right. And they felt like they needed to remove that issue so that office space could stay the way that it, you know, stay to the liking they wanted it I to. I think the best thing that, because I think on the low, mm-hmm. I don't think people really care for, for the front office of, of Golden State mm-hmm. or the bosses. The time when Laker made that whole light years ahead comment, mm-hmm. people felt the way. They enjoyed watching Golden State lose. They enjoyed needling Laker and company. But I think the success overall of the Warriors has shielded him from the true needling he would have gotten for the treatment of that Success is the greatest silence. Oh, yes. All the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I believe that it... If they were to start losing and he was to become more vocal while losing, then all the scabs would start to be pulled. All the dirty Landry would come to the forefront. Absolutely. And then the 30 for 30 from ESPN would come when we get to talk <laughs> things. You know what I mean? Mad narrative voices. <laughs> <laughs> what if I told you Joe Lacob was really a bozo the whole time? <laughs> but people, this has been the gray area chapter three. Kareem, I want to thank you for coming on. Thanks for having First me, of man. many, many, many appearances on this podcast. Yeah. And as the saying goes, whether you like it or don't like it, sit down and look at it because it's the best going today. Woo! Perfect. <laughs>